Hey everybody, I know it's been a long time since I uploaded an episode. Uh, the end of last year got really busy for me, and then I lost someone very close to me at the beginning of this year, and it uh, it made it almost impossible to record these types of cases of loss without uh, getting emotional myself. So thank you for sticking with me and for listening, and I hope you enjoy this first episode of Season 2 of They Disappeared. When we think of a haunted house, we may envision a place inhabited by the unrested souls of its previous residents, or ghosts that roam within the walls intentionally terrorizing anyone who may attempt to reside within them. But what about a home haunted not by ghosts, but instead by secrets? Secrets never meant to be told, never meant to leave the very walls containing them. Until someone comes through with a reason to explore the dark corners of an old basement, or climb a creaky staircase up towards a dusty attic, and unknowingly discovers one such secret that once revealed haunts all of those who hear of it. In the following case, an old home was sold with a decades-old secret hidden beneath it. Hidden until someone got down on their hands and knees and inched their way towards the far dark reaches of the crawl space. Ronald Cohen had no idea how long the large industrial drum had sat in the dark corner of the crawlspace under his Jericho Long Island home. It had been there since he purchased the home in 1972, over two decades earlier. Because of its size and weight, and chemical warnings printed on the outside of the container, Cohen never bothered to remove it. But now, with his home under contract, the new buyer was insistent that the large rusted drum be removed prior to closing. So on the morning of September 2nd, 1999, Ronald Cohen, with the assistance of two other men, slowly and methodically moved the drum from the crawl space to the end of his driveway to have it hauled away. It was then that curiosity got the better of the three men. What could possibly be inside the large steel drum that made it weigh over 300 pounds? There was only one way to find out. It took some time and effort to pry the lid free from the rusted drum. But when it was finally off, what Ronald Cohen found inside had suddenly turned an ordinary afternoon in a quiet suburb into a dark and disturbing mystery that would span three decades. It was on a cold and blustery night in the winter of 1969 
that a 27-year-old woman named Raina Mariquin vanished without a trace from her New Jersey apartment building. She had immigrated to the United States from El Salvador just a few years prior to her disappearance. She had come to the United States seeking opportunity and a fresh start after a messy divorce. When she arrived in America, she settled down in New York, staying at a woman's shelter while she took English classes and job training. Eventually, she secured a job at Melrose Plastics, a factory that manufactured plastic plants. During this time, Raina wrote letters back home to her mother and sister in El Salvador. She told them of her recent successes, landing a job and learning a second language. There was another development in Raina's life. She had met a man, fallen in love, and was pregnant. In fact, at the time of her disappearance, Raina was already at full term and due to give birth very soon. She did not disclose much information about the father of the child to her family, only to tell them he had moved her out of the woman's shelter and paid for her to live in an apartment in New Jersey. It was not long afterwards that the letters from Raina stopped coming. On the night Raina vanished, she had called and confided in her friend Katie Andrade that the father of her child was a married man. Raina didn't identify him by name, but indicated to Katie that she had just called the man's wife and told her about the affair and pregnancy. Katie said Raina sounded panicked and said to her, He's going to kill me. After getting off the phone, Katie made the trip to Raina's apartment to comfort her, only to find the apartment empty. Warm food was on the stove, and most of Raina's belongings, including her winter coat, was still in the apartment. After waiting several hours for Raina to return, Katie went to the police to file a missing persons report. But because she wasn't a relative, police would not allow her to. When law enforcement finally opened a case into her disappearance, they were unable to track down her boyfriend or find anyone at her work that could give them any leads to pursue. With almost nothing to go on, the investigation stalled and Raina's case went cold. Thirty years after Raina Mariquin vanished, forensic investigators received a large steel industrial drum that had sat for decades in the crawlspace of a suburban Jersey home. Inside the drum was the mummified body of an unknown pregnant female. An autopsy confirmed the woman had been killed by blunt force trauma and was nearly full term with a baby boy. Investigators needed to identify who she was and who was responsible for what happened to her.
There was no identification on the woman's body. Only a degraded address book, which under special light provided the name and phone number for Katie Andrade. The same Katie Andrade, who was not allowed to file a missing persons report, when her friend Raina Mariquin had suddenly and mysteriously vanished in the winter of 1969. Surprisingly, Katie Andrade had the same phone number she had in 1969, and when she was contacted by investigators, she told them what she knew. That Raina was pregnant and was afraid of the child's father, a man whose identity was still a mystery. There was, of course, the story of the drum itself. Ronald Cohen told investigators the drum was in the crawl space when he bought the home back in 1972 from a man named Howard Elkins. Investigators quickly learned that Howard Elkins not only owned the home the drum was stored at in Jericho, but he also owned Melrose Plastics, the same company Raina worked at when she disappeared. Forensics also found Howard Elkins' name in the address book they recovered from the drum. Certain now that the bodies recovered from the drum were in fact Raina Mariquin and her unborn child, and now armed with the fact that plastic pellets and stems in the drum with Raina were consistent with materials manufactured at Melrose Plastics, investigators now needed to speak with Mr. Elkins. Detectives tracked Elkins down to Boca Raton, Florida, where he was living in a retirement community with his wife, Ruth. Arriving unannounced at his home on September 9, 1999, detectives interviewed Howard Elkins. Elkins denied ever knowing Raina Mariquin and indicated he had no knowledge of any drums stored under his prior residence. He also could not explain why his name was written in an address book recovered with the body in the drum. Elkins remained defiant in the face of the evidence stacked against him. But it wasn't until detectives asked him for a DNA sample to compare to the unborn child in the drum that his demeanor changed. The questioning of Howard Elkins was then interrupted by a phone call from his wife and he abruptly ended the interview to take the call. But before they left, detectives again asked him for a DNA sample, which he refused to provide. Detectives now empowered by the evidence and Elkins' demeanor change told him to be prepared for a return visit from them the next day with a warrant for his DNA, which left him visibly shaken. Detectives were now certain of what a DNA comparison would show. However, they had no idea the lengths Howard Elkins was willing to go to to ensure that he would never face the consequences of the disturbing secret he had sealed away in a drum for 30 years until it all came spilling out of the crawl space and into the seemingly untouchable perfect little world he thought he had created for himself. After detectives left his home, Howard Elkins left to go shopping. He stopped into a local Walmart and purchased a shotgun 
He then returned home and inexplicably walked over to his neighbor's house, entered their garage, and took a seat inside of his neighbor's Ford Explorer. He then placed the barrel of the shotgun under his chin and proceeded to blow his own head off. His body was later discovered by his son, who contacted police. DNA taken from Elkins at his autopsy confirmed what investigators already knew. Howard Elkins was in fact the father of Raina Mariquin's baby. The motive for her death seemed obvious. Elkins had no intention of leaving his wife and was furious when Raina contacted Ruth and told her about the affair. Putting her in the drum to dispose of her turned out to be a critical mistake, since the weight of the drum made it nearly impossible to move. Howard Elkins instead hid it in the one place he suspected no one would bother to look, and he was right for about 30 years. Raina Mariquin's body was returned to El Salvador to her grieving mother and sister for a proper burial and service a far more appropriate and deserving resting place for Reina than the disposal method given to her at the hands of Howard Elkins. So the next time you find yourself in an old home or building, think of the secrets it may hold or the stories it may possess if only walls could talk. Perhaps they hold the answers or key pieces to many of the cases we cover here. Answers that may be found in dark corners of a basement, behind the entrance to a dusty old attic, or in the far reaches of the crawl space. This episode's for Malo. I love you and miss you. And I'll never, ever forget you. <laughs>